I've been walking this road too long to give up right now. They say I know nothing, cause I'm so young now. But I feel somewhere inside I'm gonna make it. So I'm gonna keep on, keep on moving on. It's gonna be alright. Hey friends, it's a new week at the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast, a show that helps African women at the start of their entrepreneurship journey reach their business, money, and life goals faster. I'm your host, Paula Rogo, and I cannot stop smiling because this is another great episode of the show. And if you're wondering, Paula, where is the usual theme music? What is this beautiful sound that I'm hearing? Well, you'll find out in a moment. Today's episode is the type where you need to sit down with a pen and paper because you'll be taking a ton of notes. Trust me. But before I jump into this week's interview, I have a couple of announcements. I want to welcome all my new listeners, especially those of you from Uganda. Thanks to Bella Nakato's episode last week, I had a whole slew of Ugandan listeners who jumped on for the first time. Welcome to my podcast. I'm honored that you're here and I hope you stick around and listen to more episodes in the future. Speaking of Bella Nakato, I also extended the giveaway that we announced last week. If you remember, Bella Nakato, who is of Inveriza Nacho in Uganda, she offered three 30-minute consultation calls with future beauty entrepreneurs. This is a chance if you have ever even had an inkling of entering the business of beauty to ask Bella anything. Remember, Bella owns a beauty line, a hair salon, and a beauty supply store. So if you've had a dream of owning any of those businesses, I would definitely be entering this giveaway. And really guys, this is an unmatched opportunity. And when I was in the Facebook group the other day talking about this giveaway, I even mentioned that if this was what I wanted to do and if this was my interest, I would, first of all, make sure I enter this competition, make sure I win somehow. And then I would turn that 30 minute call with Bella into a mentorship, honestly. She would somehow become my mentor. So please don't be shy enter the competition. If you've considered it and then said it's not for you, I'm telling you now that it is for you. Um, Bella was telling me how she remembers what it was like those early days of business and she wants to offer you that guidance out of the kindness of her heart. Don't miss this life-changing opportunity. The giveaway info is in the show notes. Go ahead and apply. Last announcement is that I am doing a free webinar and masterclass for those of you who listen that have been thinking about one day starting a podcast and just haven't gotten around to doing it. If that is you, if you're someone who's always wanted to start their own podcast, maybe you already have a dope idea that just needs to be executed, stick around until the end of this episode and I'll share more info with you about that webinar. Okay, after all that, I can finally jump into the interview this week with, drumroll, Olivia Ambani. 
Olivia is a Kenyan social media strategist and marketer. And I wanted to bring her on today because I don't know a single entrepreneur who feels like they couldn't improve something about their social media. And so that's what today is about, social media. Olivia is the social media strategist that I'd most like to work with, actually, based on what I've seen of her work. And really, the next best thing is to have her on my show. She has worked with the likes of Heva Fund and The Nest, Harvest of Sunshine, which is the hair care products, and Cafe Casa, among many others. In this episode, I get to pick Olivia's brain about the common misconceptions about social media, how one can overcome fear of putting yourself out there on your socials, how to build foolproof consistency into your plan, and common mistakes that she often sees. Plus, there are many, many tips and tricks that you can implement today that Olivia shares in this interview. She's been so generous with us. Now, have you ever run into someone who says they do quote unquote social media, but when you go on their own personal socials, you get a little confused about how they even have that job title? That is not Olivia because she also happens to be her own client. Now, some of you might know that Olivia is also a renowned singer who just released her debut solo album, The Awakening, earlier this year. And yes, that song you heard in the intro was her debut single, Better Than Just Fine. And so when it was time to do promotion for the album, Olivia took herself on as her own client. And so she's one of those social media strategists that if you were to go on her own personal pages, you can actually see the results of her work on herself. The results actually include her being selected to be part of the Empower 100 artists, selected by Empower Africa, a competition founded by Mr. Easy that was searching for a hundred talented artists from all over Africa. Basically, her social media strategy on herself led to her being retweeted and shared by Mr. Easy himself. She has also been nominated for two awards for the All Africa Music Awards 2019. So get your pen and paper and let's jump right in to talk about the power of social media with Olivia Ambani. So let's just start from the basics of it all. Um, what is a social media strategist and consultant? What do you do exactly? Okay, so with the social media strategist, we basically um, help brands um, build content or a strategy um, to help them implement their business goals. Um, normally, social media strategists, we have to have a little bit of background or insight in marketing because social media is not done in isolation. So let me give a very practical example. So I would meet a brand, we'd kind of discuss what is it that they're trying to achieve overall as a business. Um, and then once we're really clear on that, then we see how we can use social media to achieve that. And the basis of social media is creating really great content that connects with an audience. So then we would sit down and decide what sort of content do we need to create that would help the brand achieve whatever goals that is 
if it's to sell more product, if it's to get feedback from clients, um, if it's just to increase brand awareness, whatever that goal is. So now we do social media to achieve that because the ultimate thing we as strategists do is to um, help people see social media as a tool and not necessarily the end all to anything. Okay, I like that. And I like that you said that you work with brands to connect with their audience because we I reached out to you actually and just full disclosure about working with Africa Podfest when we were first launching our social media and I remember thinking who is interviewing who? Because yeah. I, it was initial reach out, hey, are you available for this job? I'd love to talk. And then you sent quite a few questions. And even when we interviewed, you asked quite a few questions. And it's only after the yeah. fact that I realized like you were trying to figure out who we were as a brand and what we were trying to do, right? I personally like the approach of understanding um, the client really well and then trying to figure out who their audience is because I feel that's normally the missing link. Um, And so I'm kind of that... um, the middle person who understands the client and then understands the audience. And then we create something that connects both of them. And the reason I ask so many questions is because I never want to assume that I know what you need. I want to hear from you, like what vision, what goal, because a lot of times when we find a lot of troubles down the line, when it comes to like marketers and strategists, it's because we've implemented an an assumed strategy. We're like, okay, you're, you're in the podcast field. So obviously you know, one size fits all. And I don't really believe that. So I ask questions so that I can get clarity, but also so that my client can start asking themselves these questions and get clarity on what it is they want. And then when we're reaching out to the audience, we already know who we are. So we can kind of help ourselves figure out or define who this audience is. How did you actually get into this kind of work? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So I actually studied to be um, to do websites, <laughs> web design. That's what, that was my background, and web design and graphic design. And through all of that, you kind of touch a bit on marketing. Um, and I was looking for work in that field, and then I, I did end up getting a job as a graphic designer. But when I was working at my first job, which was at Kiko Romeo, a fashion house, mm-hmm. I started to. They had the, Facebook was quite new then, and they they needed someone to run the page. And they were like, oh, do you kind of know how this works? And I was like, yeah, I, I can figure it out. And so that's how I actually got into marketing because there was a gap where I was working and they needed someone to run their, their social media. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I started to see an opportunity for being able to tell stories in a different way. So I got into it uh, because I was working somewhere where people really didn't know how to use the tool and they needed someone to run their social media. And I was willing to learn. And so I literally learned on the job. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I got into it. But I think what really helped as well working with them was um, the founder, Anne McCrath, was very, she was open to your ideas and she was like, she'd let you explore. And that really works for the way I like to work. I like to be able to be given a bit of freedom to kind of like try things out. And so, yeah, she was already very good at branding. So I just kind of came in and like pushed the digital side to like, I guess, another level and she was open to it. So what are some common misconceptions about the work that you do that you run into uh, when working with? with uh, potential clients, clients that you have, you've had, uh, so forth. 
I think they don't, the first uh, assumption is they, they actually get quite shocked as to how much it costs to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Not just even my charges um, in terms of the service I'm offering, but in terms of the amount of investment that is needed for you to actually achieve something you know, really good. So normally people will assume, oh, I can just take photos on my phone. Why do I need a professional photographer. And yeah, that's fine. But then you, you ask them, okay, but what is it that you're trying to achieve? Um, say for instance, especially things like food, a lot of people are like, Oh, I can take great food photos. And you're like, yes, until you show them a photographer who does (laughs) food photography and you're like, it's really nice. But imagine if we just hired this person and did a, you know, really strong shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think there's a lot of education that I always have to do in terms of how fast the returns come. So some people will see, okay, some people will post something and it gets a thousand likes or 500 or 50 likes, right? And people sometimes don't realize that just because you're getting all those likes doesn't mean that it's going to convert into a sale immediately. Mm. And so there's always the trying to say, you need to invest in the long term and not just a quick win. Um, because what happens is you're, you're present for now, let's say for one, two weeks, you're running this campaign mm-hmm. and then the conversion tends to come maybe a month later. Yeah. And so they don't really also realize at how much out, um, like further investment needs to happen. So let me break it down. So when you do a campaign for social media, I always advise the client to have their back end sorted. So by that, I mean, if we're going to push for people to contact the company, you need to have someone who's going to be answering that phone who can answer the questions Mm. or at least be able to refer. So a lot of times campaigns fail, not because we didn't bring you the traffic, but because you couldn't handle the people that were coming. Say, oh, we paid these social media people and, you know, and then we didn't get any sales. But where was, where was the, the problem? The problem was you got the calls, you got the inquiries, you got the messages, you know, you got the DMs, mm-hmm. all that, but mm-hmm. you didn't respond. Mm-hmm. You weren't prepared to respond. So especially as well, when we're doing social media, when I work with clients, I try and prepare them for the back end work. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, but are you ready? What are you going to tell them? Like mm-hmm. once we bring you the client, how are you converting them? And sometimes right. it feels like out of scope of what I do, but I feel like if I don't take care of that, then they feel that the campaign failed mm-hmm. <laughs> when really we succeeded, but we needed you to close for it to then be an overall success. Mm-hmm. So the assumptions are like kind of how easy it is in terms of what we do. It's like you just post a picture and then voila. So why are you charging me? And people don't see all the different thought processes that go into you being able to actually have a super successful campaign. It's yeah. the before, the during and the after. And I yeah. like what you said that this is, it's a long-term investment. Um, Cause I know if I'm putting money down, I want to see my returns today. <laughs> uh, but to know that actually um, I need to try this, it might not work. I might need to move or readjust and, you know, yes. build over time. I, even for me who knows this sometimes finds that hard, hard to to accept. No matter what you invest in, you will get some sort of result. Maybe it will be an analysis that helps you see, okay, I need to maybe get clear on my audience or maybe my audience doesn't want what I'm, I'm giving them. I need to change right. the tone. So mm-hmm. there's always something that you get out of it. It might not always be exactly what you wanted, but I think that you can always turn whatever you invest into something that's worthwhile for your company. 
let's talk about actually the actual social media and one's business, right? Yes, um, yes. How do you actually, because you mentioned social media was a tool, using it as a tool, yes. not the end all be all. Um, yes. Why is it important for people to understand that it's just a tool? And then how do you use it to your advantage? A lot of people will say, okay, I will, I will have a social media platform, like I'll be on I'll be everywhere, right? <laughs> Wherever everywhere is. Um, but then they don't get clear. They don't realize that a tool will only respond what you use it for, uh-huh. right? Um, and so a lot of people then don't do the work, their own work. So what do I mean? They don't get clear on what it is they want to actually do as a business. Yeah. A lot of times I found when people are not clear on what they want to do as a business and then they run uh, to social media for the end or like the answer, mm-hmm. you, you're almost guaranteed that you're not going to succeed yeah. because you weren't clear in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for people to get clear on what is your business? Who do you want to target? What is it that you want to achieve? Irregardless of what you decide to use, whether you're going to use social media, traditional media, whatever. It's really funny you say that because for me, at least as it pertains to Kali's social media, Kali Media, yeah. I've, yeah. I think I've used it sort of as a testing ground in many ways mm-hmm. and I've learned the hard way. So you know how you said... It, you have to be clear before you start. Yeah. For me, uh, in many ways, I've not been clear. And then I start doing the social and then I'm like, ooh, ooh, wait, let me go be clear. <laughs> yeah. And I almost want to like kind of contradict myself in a way, because as much as, yes, you do need to get clarity. I would also say that you can use social media. As I said, it's a tool, right? So it could be then your test and research tool, because if you're not too clear, but if you go knowing that, rather than expecting, okay, I've gone, it needs to solve all my problems. But at least if you're aware, okay, I've gone. And I think like in your situation, you're open to seeing the signs and testing and saying, okay, now let me come and and like kind of re-strategize as to what it is that I want. But I think it's not about, I feel like we will always evolve and we'll have some sort of clarity, but it's okay not to know everything. I think it's good to have some sort of idea as to what it is you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then test it out and then you come back and you kind of rehash because that's what happens with social media there's no necessary guarantee you can't force people to respond but you can try and like test things out so I think people shouldn't be so afraid of be like okay I have to have all the answers Mm -hmm. I would say have an idea of what it is you're trying to achieve and then test that out and then be open to evaluating that. So the, I would say go with that approach because I feel when you tell people to have clarity, then it could also give them, like they could stop and not do anything at all, which yeah. is not what I want people to Paralysis, do. Paralysis, analysis, whatever that is. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And you know what's funny is like, and what I learned also the hard way is there was a point where I was like, oh my gosh, no one's interacting with my socials, no one's blah, blah, blah. And someone was like, that's information there, you know? like. Yes. Like every form of interaction, whether it is no interaction, whether it's a lot, is telling you something um, that you can move forward with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. And I think also another thing that we have to be very aware of in, in the social media space and even just currently where we are with technology is 
yes, there, obviously the way we see interaction is likes and comments, you know, that's the main way we see it. But I have also found there's a lot of silent interaction, which cannot always be measured, but sometimes it's measured, you know, when you see the stats that say impressions, right? So that's how people, how many have seen. So you're like, but how did they say a thousand impressions? And I only got like five likes or 10 likes, right? You're like, how is that? Mm -hmm. So that, that, those impressions actually help you see that more people saw it than you actually thought. Mm -hmm. It's just this many people actually put an action towards what they saw. And that's what people don't look at. They're like, they look at the likes and maybe, maybe the comments, but they look mainly at the likes. But yeah, whoever shared and whoever has actually saved, because especially on Instagram, there's like, you can see how many people have kind of saved it in there, you know, in the whatever. That is actually a very, very, very key, like, um, method of measuring. Yeah. Um, and so this might be a basic question, but how does social media and brand building actually go hand in hand? Wow. It's, it's a, I would say almost like, especially now, social media and brand building are so intertwined. It's really a really, really powerful tool. Um, the reason why it is now is because especially now with social media, it's currently free, mm-hmm. right, to access. And also when it comes to brand building, you're basically trying to uh, put across a perception, right? Oh, this is who we are, or this is who I am, and this is what I'm doing. Um, And social media allows you to build that perception through the content that you're going to be posting. And also because um, for a long time, brand building had a lot of gatekeepers in terms of you needed to go through somebody to be able to show them your brand. Like, for instance, you have to pay to get on TV or to maybe sometimes even some radio, like, adverts, all these different things you have to pay for. Yes, you have to pay for some of these things on social media, but you can actually build your brand on social media for a relatively lower cost than what you used to before. And the important thing when it comes to brand building is being able to connect with your audience because they're the people that you're trying to build this perception Mm-hmm. of yourself towards. And so social media allows you to be able to connect with your audience and actually share what it is you are about, you know? And, you know, I was at an event a couple of years ago um, yeah. here in Nairobi where um, this topic of conversation was was social media and um, it was a business women sort of event. But the number of women who stood up and felt were scared about putting themselves out there, quote unquote, as it pertains to their business. A lot of my, this podcast is for women, so I'm talking specifically for them. Um, yes. Or just want to focus on putting their brand, you know, the product out there, the service out there, but not necessarily yes. the person behind it um, yes. for fear of, you know, social media can be a rough place for women. Let's just say that in many ways. Um, yes. How do you respond to to that? Yeah, that that's a that's a very very good question because it's actually something that I've dealt with with almost ninety five percent of my clients actually, and it's something that I then had to adjust when I was working with people. The first thing I do is almost have a mini counseling session <laughs> with my clients um, because the thing is this, social media has both the good and, and the not so great side in terms of the fact that as, as much as we can connect with our audience, um, people can say what they want and it's not always pleasant, right? Yeah. But the first thing that I would tell someone who's in that 
situation who's wondering, you know, how I want to put myself out there, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid, is you need to focus on the fact that it's almost the same way in real life, right? When you're trying to put yourself out there to get a job or to get anything done, there will be some people who like you and there will be some people who won't like you, uh-huh. right? But you don't focus on those other people. You focus on what is it that I came here to do. Uh-huh. And I feel like a lot of times we focus on the li- a lot more on the negative than we do on, on what it is that, that is out there that we can achieve. And I feel a lot of it also comes back to something very, very personal in terms of how we view ourselves, right? right? Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes with many clients, I have to stop and ask them, okay, let's, let's take a step back. Like, what is it that you're actually afraid of? Okay. And then they tell me what they're afraid of. And then I actually start looking at all those scenarios and say, but what are the chances of all those things actually happening? Mm-hmm. It's always normally very slim, but it's maybe because it's based on a past trauma or someone said one thing to you and now you've carried that and you're like, oh my God, if I post this, this person's going to come and tell me this, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel I, I actually encourage people to do a little bit of like work in terms of allowing themselves to accept who they are as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being like, you know what, I'm, I'm good enough. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have that have it all figured out, but I'm good enough. And also kind of looking at what you've achieved so far, whether you're on social media or not, mm-hmm. acknowledging what you've managed to achieve is really important and all the different challenges you've faced and you've been able to overcome. When you look at things from a very personal level and then now you're like, okay, so now let's deal with social media right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've dealt with life and you've done all these things. Now let's come to social media. I would say take baby steps. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable with, say, speaking on video, then I wouldn't ask you to do a video first. I would say maybe find a photo that you're comfortable with of yourself if, if you're doing a personal brand and post that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then also in terms of what you're choosing to present, if you're not comfortable talking about certain things, then I wouldn't ask you to do that. I would say start from your level of comfort when it comes to social media. Mm-hmm. What is it that you feel comfortable talking about? If it's your area of expertise or if it, there's a topic that you're just really passionate about and you're fine talking about it regardless of what anyone says, then start there. Start from your area of comfort. Yeah. And then also I would encourage people to have a support system, have people who can cheer you on and who will be like, that's good. Like you've got this, you Uh know, because social media can be very personal, right? As much as we're like typing behind keyboards, people say you can say very personal things, but I think the most important thing is to remove the fear out of it so that you can try. Yeah. Two things from what you just said that I took away um, is number one, part of why they charge what they charge is therapy. (laughs) It's involved. (laughs) In the process, people. And (laughs) number one. And number two, um, I say this because usually um, a a lot of us listening have small businesses, um, new entrepreneur startups. You know, the brand is often a very strong reflection of me, of me, the founder. Exactly. And there's no one else who can talk about it, display it, show it off better than me just showing up as I am. But people like knowing who's behind it. Um, They like knowing what, why you did it. And there's something about being able to connect a brand to a human being, even if slightly, that people really 
for for whatever reason the trust goes up tenfold once they see who you are and what you're about can you give me an example of how our brand has been able to use social media to their advantage um that you like or even other brands that you like to look at that you appreciate the work that they're doing um wow there's so many um i think i'm going to use a personality that i really like the way they've been able to use social media um a kenyan personality so her name is janet mbugwa Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, you know, she came from media and I've just kind of seen how she's been able to grow her social media. I really like the way she's been able to address topics that are very important to her on her social media platforms. And she's brought a lot of um, attention to different things. All right. And I really like the way she's been able to, to tell her story um, in terms of connection to that, but also in terms of of giving other people voices through her own platform. Um, I've seen how consistent she's been in terms of content, uh, both on her Instagram and in terms of her YouTube channel. And I think also the way she's been able to connect to her audience. And so I really like the way she's been able to build that and just see all the different endorsements she's been able to get because she's able to tell her story, her journey, her, her uh, um, handle is at Janet Mbogwa for anyone who wants to look at yes. it. And I'm looking at it now, actually. And you're right. Yeah. She's, she's very consistent, which we'll get into in a bit. And very yes. authentic is what I feel Absolutely. when I'm on yes. Janet's page. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. And it kind of ties back to what we were talking about before when people are afraid. I think a lot of times when people are afraid to, to put their personal brands out there is because they feel they have to be something that they're not. Mm. And they're afraid that maybe who they are isn't enough. And they need to kind of figure out a new way of talking or a new way of presenting themselves. Because social media has that perception that I need to be perfect or I need to sound a certain way. I need to look a certain way. But what I've realized from my own personal experience is that there is room for every single one of us on social media. It's just that that's not always the loudest voice or that's not always what is preached. But I feel like the more uh, of us who are coming out there and being authentic selves and you know, just sharing how we know best and presenting ourselves as, as who we are, the more we give other people the encouragement or the inspiration to be comfortable with their own journey, to be comfortable sharing in the way that they're most comfortable with. I think people are tired of just people who they can't connect with. And so being authentic is a really, really important thing right now. Um, okay, I love I love Janet Mbugwa. Do you have other um, other uh, handles, uh, whether personal or companies, that you you like the work that they're doing and why? Yeah, um, um, actually, yeah, I, I do have one. Another that I really love uh, at Dine with Gentile. So that's a food blog done yes. by my sister, actually. Ah, I didn't know she was yeah, your sister. And- I love her work. Yeah, and I really love the way she's been able to kind of tell her story through food. Mm-hmm. So she's able to like break down some really complicated recipes and make them so fun. Um, and so it just engages you and she gets lots and lots of different questions. So I love the way she's been able to do that. And also because it's a, it's a brand that she built from the ground up. Like she was trying to find a place where she could um, kind of express her path 
passion for photography and food. And so she's been able to do that through, she has a blog called www.dinojentai and then she also does it a lot on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I really like her social media and the way she's able to just tell stories through food, basically, and the way she, you know, demonstrates that through the photography and the video. Yeah, so I really like her platform a lot. Um, and I love how visually appealing it is. Like you can see those exactly. thoughts that has gone into this. Um, and then, so uh, I want to get to um, also yourself. You are a yes. musician also. That's music is, is a passion and a love of yours. Well, first of all, you have a new album, first album ever <laughs> coming out. Yes. Um, yes. But over the years, I've watched you really push and promote your music over time through your social and can you talk to me about how um, you've used social to do that and some of the connections you've been able to make through you know implementing some of your strategy into your own brand yeah that's that's a brilliant question and also I really loved what you said at the very beginning of this um, uh, interview where you said that you like uh, meeting social media people who you can see their social media like reflect what they do and that's something that I'm very big on I really ask myself that question Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I say I'm a social media strategist or marketer I need to show that in my own brand otherwise how people believe that that's right it's like a, it's like a makeup artist who yeah. they look rough with their own makeup and I'm like you're it's it's your calling card in many ways you know to also exactly. be able to see I think so anyway yeah that's yeah. true because I'm always very aware of it because I'm like if I'm trying to convince a client to book me they're mm-hmm. gonna come to my social media platform mm-hmm. and they'll be like should we really book her or not? Like, and if I, my, my platform's all over the place, they're probably going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? So I use that. And so kind of back to your question. So yeah, I, I've really used social media. I've made myself my own client. I actually do. So the things I do for oh. other clients, I do for myself. I actually mm-hmm. have meetings with myself and I sit down, I'm like, what is it you want to achieve in your music? Um, what are you going to do? So I'm going to take you through a few things I did. So um, on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. I started posting um, cover videos. I didn't do very many because I didn't want to necessarily be boxed in to being like a cover artist. Yeah. And then I also started posting freestyles because that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I like to create. Mm-hmm. So I, I balanced those two. And then I, I used that to start building my audience because I always knew that I was going to release an album, mm-hmm. but I wanted to already have an audience ready for me yes. so that I wasn't now trying to look for an audience once my music was ready to be released. Mm-hmm. So I use say, YouTube to build like uh, one sort of audience because some people will go to YouTube, but they won't be on Instagram, they'll be on right. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so I built that. And then I also used my um, my Instagram, my Facebook specifically to tell my story. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was about maybe two or three years into it when I decided that I wanted to be a bit more personal in the way I told my story. I didn't want to just say, hey, I have my music or I have a cover or whatever. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to bring people into the journey because I felt that's what got me to continue doing it. And I felt if I tell my story, people will be more drawn into buying into what I have to sell or what I have to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I think this, the pivotal point was um, ni- uh, 2018 mm-hmm. when I, I, I talked about my journey and how I had taken a, a year-long break from music because I was really exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that specific post that I put up really like brought people into like my own journey and what it had been like to come this far. Because mm-hmm. most people see when it comes to music or creatives, the fun side. Yeah. Like, who gets 
every day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like, yeah, it's fun, but it's very tiring as well. Like it can be wet. Yeah. So I basically use my platforms to tell a story. And then another way that like social, I use social media was to be able to connect with people who I otherwise would not have been able to. So when Empower, Empower Africa was doing like a, an audition or looking for a hundred artists from all over Africa, I saw the competition because they were running it on Instagram. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to enter. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is, you know, there's there's no there's no middle person. You literally have to tag them in the video that you loaded, and then they would watch the video. And if they liked it, mm-hmm. then you would be selected. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like social media opened up so much to me in terms of that. And also because I'd been doing all this other work, it wasn't just I had one video up. Right. You could see all the other stuff that I'd done. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. that it was like a portfolio was already in place, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of times... Um, not just for Empower Africa, for other things as well. When people come, they actually scroll through my feed and they see the story mm-hmm. and then they connect with me and they're like, okay, I want to work with you. Or, you know, they're able to kind of go through my journey through my feed. Mm-hmm. And so I found that social media has helped me kind of archive that and be able to tell my story continuously. Mm-hmm. And like getting a Power 100 was really amazing because yes. then I, I was able because they were really strong on social media then I was able to get like a connection to another massive platform and then I had things like Mr. Easy retweeting mm-hmm. my posts mm-hmm. you know, on, on Twitter and saying I love your song yeah. you know that's a massive endorsement the other thing that I, I did with my social media was try to be really consistent mm-hmm. you know within reason because yeah. obviously I'm, I'm doing music I'm a social media strategist I'm managing brands but I was I, I tried to be consistent but I was also very aware of my own schedule so I was like okay I try to like bulk create content so that I have ready something to post okay. or just being aware of, of when I'm involved in events I always ask for photos so that I have something that I can post yeah. and then try and tell a story that way yeah so I guess I've used my social media in, in diverse ways but the main thing is to tell my story and to kind of connect with my audience and why yeah. the awakening why why that name so I chose The Awakening because to me, when I decided to work on my album, it was a, a, like a, a promise I made to myself that I wanted to live a different life. I wanted to keep promises I made to myself. Mm. And one of the promises that I made to myself was that I would create music mm. that I wanted to create mm. and that I would keep that promise. And The Awakening to me, the way I kind of see it is it's a kind of a three-part thing. So there's The Awakening of One's Dreams and then there's The Working of the Dreams and then there's the living of the dreams yeah and so because the awakening because the album is my first solo debut album I wanted to call it the awakening because the whole process of coming to creating it and making it was me awakening myself my dreams and lots of different things so I thought that was the most apt title for yeah. what that body of work represents guys please go check out the album <laughs> um, and you mentioned consistency which is Yes. That is my kryptonite. Wait, first of all, why does consistency matter? And then what are some tips and tricks for people that you have about staying consistent with their social? Yeah, I think firstly, um, consistency is really important because it's kind of like when you're building any relationship, right? Social media is that if you put in the time, you put in the effort, you start to see the results, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, also on a very technical 
uh, way, if you're consistent with posting on the different social media platforms, most of those algorithms will be very favorable to you because they want people to stay on their platform. And if you're feeding the social media platforms with content, it means you're encouraging the audience or the people on the platform to stay on that platform longer. Mm. And so the more consistently you post, that means you're encouraging more people to come, mm. right, to check out your your content. Mm-hmm. And then so Facebook or Instagram or YouTube go, oh, yes. Yeah. So then they make sure that your content is seen more, mm-hmm. right? So it's yeah. also it also plays into the algorithm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so those are some of the, the tricks that play into it. And so in terms of how to stay consistent, I feel the first thing that I became aware of in terms of being consistent is you need to be realistic about what you have to do right Mm. so if you know you have like a crazy schedule which most of us do you don't don't make yourself feel bad because you can't post every day right that's just it's it's a reality of yours and that's okay I would say start where you are. It's, it's always my like rule of thumb. Yeah. Start off with, let's say, once a month and get really consistent with that. Like, you know, you can post once a month without fail. What is the one where you can't fail? Start there and then challenge yourself maybe after two months because now you've built the habit, right? Mm-hmm. To increase it to maybe um, once every two weeks. And then after that, like continually increasing so that's in terms of expectation you need to be realistic as to what your schedule is and like what you can actually do the second thing i would recommend is a lot of times why we're not able to be consistent is because we're posting on the fly so we're like oh my goodness i was supposed to post today and i have so much to do so if you we we are very busy so you have to plan to create content Mm -hmm. right so you could say i want to have four posts every month Mm -hmm. what are they going to be you have to plan them what exactly are they going to be so you'll say maybe i'm going to have a picture i'm going to have a graphic i'm going to have a video and then maybe another picture mm-hmm. and then you're going to ask yourself do i already have that content at hand mm-hmm. right yes do you have these images do you have whatever if you don't then you have to schedule when you're going to create those things and i would always say try and plan a month ahead so if you want to start posting four times in a month mm-hmm. like start planning for uh, for june don't say like now you're going to do it in May because it it might be a bit hectic unless you already have the content ready for instance I'll take the example of my album so before I I released my album because I knew the date and everything I created all like the the content I needed for that in terms of like the banners for Mm -hmm. my Facebook and Mm -hmm. Twitter cover Mm -hmm. photos Mm -hmm. I had the posts that I wanted to to have up I already was getting someone to help me create the video so I I thought of the different things I wanted and Mm -hmm. then I I outsource some of the stuff to get made. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Maybe you can outsource some of the content to get made. Yeah. Um, and then you can have that ready. But I think it's important to plan mm-hmm. and to know. Another thing that you can do because that's what I do a lot is I always source for content all the time so mm-hmm. if I'm at an interview so like say something like this I'll be like oh great could you send me a short clip but yes. then in my head I'm like I'm already thinking of content like I can have ah. you know part of this yes. right so yeah. if you're you're going to be in an interview or you're going to talk at an event mm-hmm. like talk to the photographer or the people and be like can you send me the poster can you send me like photos of mm-hmm. the event because that to me is content so mm-hmm. always look for opportunities where you can get content because 
we're always doing so many things if you've but we don't remember to collect the content yes right people are creating content for us Mm -hmm. but we're like we don't think to get it so that's another thing what are some common mistakes you see people make with social media and their businesses I think one of the ones that I constantly keep seeing is when um, people don't use the right visuals for their um, for their brand, especially when it comes to products. Yeah. So a lot of the common mistakes people make is when they don't invest in uh, like a good photo shoot or yeah. a video shoot for their products. Yeah. And I always say you can just have one very strong photo shoot that can last your full year if you know what to do in that photo shoot and kind of even to go further I advise businesses when you are doing a photo shoot photographers are specific they're niche do not get like a landscape or portrait photographer to shoot food Mm -hmm. get an actual food photographer to shoot food because there's a reason why they're good at food Mm -hmm. there's things they know and you know obviously not all photographers will be honest as to what they can shoot but if you haven't seen food in their portfolio then don't hire them because you might be disappointed i've seen people spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. on the wrong photographer and then they get the wrong photos and then they get upset um if you're launching your social media for your brand today what are two tips you'd share with with someone i would say firstly when you're launching pick at least two to three platforms that you want to specialize in Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. don't try and do everything especially if it's your first time and then i would say as i've said before invest in really good content Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. have strong content if that's video if that's photography get get a professional to help you with that and then further still Uh, make sure you have an idea or a a plan of what exactly what content you're going to be posting which should be based on your overall strategy why are you even launching you know your platforms what is it you're trying to achieve make sure whatever content that you're actually creating will do that so invest in the content so get a good videographer or photographer but have a plan as to exactly what that content is going to be Uh, but how, how do you grow your audience two tips to grow your audience yeah so growing your audience um number one be very consistent in Mm. terms of what you're posting Mm -hmm. and then also try and find um some sort of niche or like topics that you want to talk about because normally people will come to you for something also to grow your audience talk to the audience you already have yeah so if people are commenting or dming you you need to respond to them Mm. because a algorithm will be friendly to you but also if you're not taking care of the audience you already have you're not going to get more what there's there's a lot of data and numbers if you go to the back end of a lot of these apps they give you a lot of information but what are sort of two data points uh that we could be we should be looking at and why should we be paying attention to them yeah so yeah as you said there are very many so i'm gonna try and summarize so I'm going to kind of split into two sections. The yeah. first thing I think you need to actually be looking at is uh, on the data points is the, the days when your users are most active or mm-hmm. when most of them are active and the times mm-hmm. because that's going to help you decide when you're supposed to be posting, right? The second thing is you should look at how many people have shared your posts, especially mm-hmm. say on Instagram, and saved your post. Because if they've shared it and saved it, that means that it added a lot of value that they wanted to send it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then if they've seen it, that means they want to come and refer back to that 
Thank you. And those are great tips, everyone. People pay her big bucks to, to give these tips. And she's been very generous with the tips. Uh, so thank you so much, Olivia. Um, I'm starting a new segment um, yes. with this new season called I Know What I'm Doing. So this podcast is called I Have No Idea What I'm Doing. Of course, we talk about the things yes. we are struggling with, the things we're trying to figure out. Uh, but I realize, you know, it's also really good to celebrate the things that we kick ass at doing the things that we're just yeah. really really great at doing uh olivia mm-hmm. what do you know what are you really really good at and what do you know what you're doing i have so many i want to pick but i'm going to pick one yeah. the one thing that i know that i'm really really good at is i'm very good at communicating i'm mm-hmm. very good at being able to take a concept and being able to teach it to anybody so did you always yeah. know that you were good at this no, I didn't. I think when I started to realize that I was good at it was when I started to reflect. So when I was in school, I used to have like teachers send kids to me mm-hmm. to like explain certain concepts, like especially mm-hmm. business. And after the session, I would they'd be like, why didn't the teacher just say that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But <laughs> so basically, I started to realize that I was able to take concepts that people found a bit difficult and mm-hmm. just break them down in a way that people are like, oh, you mean that's how easy it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I like things being very practical. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I like to experience things and I like lists and I like to like see the action points. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I teach. And a lot of people tend to connect to that. And you've sort of explained it briefly, but how else does being a good communicator show up in your life? I think, wow, in so many different ways. I found uh, being a good communicator showing up even in my relationships with people, um, like from client to personal. It's really, really helped me to be able to not just necessarily talk to people, but to be able to listen. Because I feel like that's part of being a good communicator mm-hmm. is you're able to just be still and listen to what someone is saying. And then you know, then maybe respond. I found that it's really helped me, especially with clients, because a lot of times I've found people just don't feel heard. And when they don't feel heard, then they're going to respond a certain way. Yeah. So that's really helped me to like listen to a client and then like make sure I'm understanding what they're saying. And then I'm able to implement or like come up with a suggestion. Just even with myself, actually, very interestingly, like I try and listen to myself. So I have mm. sessions where I actually sit in silence and I listen to my thoughts and we communicate. And I'm like, how are you feeling today? Okay, I didn't know that's how you felt. And it, it might sound strange to some people, but I feel like being able to communicate to yourself is so important because mm. we're good at listening to other people. Mm. But how often do we listen to ourselves? So I feel like it's, it showed up in very different ways, which has been to a massive advantage to me. Did I not tell you this episode was full of tips and tricks? You are so, so welcome. Thank you, Olivia, for sharing and being so open with your knowledge. Access to all of Olivia's information, including links to her music, will be in the show notes alongside anything else we talked about in the interview. Now, if you're thinking, hey, I really would like to work with Olivia, She does offer hourly consultations for brands and she's taking new clients today. 
So if you're interested, head over to her Instagram, Olivia underscore Ambani, and just DM her and you never know, you might just be her next client. Thanks again, Olivia. Now, let me talk to you about that podcast webinar that I mentioned earlier in the show. For those of you who are consistent listeners, you'll remember when I asked about a podcast class a few weeks ago. And so I am actually going to go ahead and do it. I will be teaching this webinar twice, next Wednesday and Thursday on the 16th and 17th of September. I have received feedback that many of you want to actually start podcasts, but don't know where to begin. Basically, you one day want to be where I am now, which is pushing out content that I really love to do on a weekly basis. But for whatever reason, despite your interest, you have yet to start. Based on my work with Africa Podfest and with Kali Media, I run into hundreds of podcasters, old and new, and I get to hear some of the roadblocks that prevented them from starting. That is why the webinar is called the five most common pitfalls that are preventing you from launching your podcast, plus the strategies on how to overcome them. This is a chance for me to share the top reasons why you likely haven't started your podcast, and I'll give you strategies that will help you overcome those reasons. Because what I know for sure about podcasting, that it is usually one of these five hangups that are stopping you. And once you overcome them, the road to your podcast is pretty smooth after that. For example, for me, my particular hang-up was that I felt that I wasn't an expert. Who am I to have a business and entrepreneurship-related podcast when at the time I didn't even have a business? And because of that hang-up, it took me one and a half years to actually release my podcast. And look at me now over 1,200 monthly listeners with less than 20 episodes. Don't allow your pitfall to stop you from achieving podcast greatness. So the classes are next Wednesday, September 16th at 6 p.m. East Africa time, which is GMT plus three, and Thursday, September 17th at 9 p.m. East Africa time. There'll be limited seats. If you're interested in signing up, there is a link in the show notes for you. All right, guys, that's all. I'll be back next week with a new episode. Really looking forward to it. Thanks for being here. So be it. See to it. If you will not try, then how will you know that you could climb the mountain higher? You go farther, uh, uh, uh.